0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the third episode of Word of the Day. I know that this is extremely behind when I said that I would be uploading a new one. I originally planned on doing an interview with one of my best friends, um, and life just kind of happened, and my schedule, so anybody who knows me or follows me knows that I'm probably talking about Brie. And she moved to Oregon. And so the time schedule is all messed up. Like when it's 6 o'clock at night here, it's 3 o'clock there. I go to bed pretty early because I wake up at 3 in the morning. So our schedules just mesh pretty much never. Um, And this is something, the, the podcast that I'm doing right now was completely unplanned. It was something that I was probably going to touch on at some point. Um, right now I just was like, you know what, I need to get this out there because I've done a blog on it. I just did an Instagram post on it and it has just been like weighing on me pretty pretty heavily lately. Um, and that is my, my opinion towards bodybuilding and not just bodybuilding, but excuse me, competing in particular. And I think especially as of recently, like my post would allude to that I have a very negative um, view of competing. And that isn't necessarily true, but I want to explain where I'm coming from from all of this because unfortunately I think in this industry, not enough, not enough people do what I'm doing. And by no means am I saying that I'm better than anybody. Um, but I do think that by being vulnerable and exposing my weaknesses because I feel very weak right now and I feel and I'm struggling a lot and I'm not going to sit here and tell everybody that post show is great and my reverse went great and you know, competing's great because that's not reality. So I'm gonna take a quick drink really fast because if you guys can't tell allergy sees up is hitting me hard. Okay. So, I kind of just want to start off by saying that I I do think that competing is something that is beneficial. And what I mean by that is it physically beneficial? Honestly, like no. Other than aesthetically, which is like physical in that sense, but like health-wise? No, absolutely not. Um, I'm no dietitian, I'm no nutritionist, or, you know, like, whatever. I, I don't know if there are any benefits physically um, to doing a competition, but you look good, you know? Like, if you want to look good, a lot of people think competing is the answer. Um, so I knew going into competing that there it wasn't going to be the healthiest thing for me to do to my body. But I chose to hire a coach who was a registered dietitian because, and I will say this right now: if you are listening to this and your coach, like, I'm going to get a lot of a lot of hate for this because you know apparently like, apparently everybody's an online trainer and uh, you know a prep coach and whatever, and you don't need to be an RD for that because you know whatever. I'm not discrediting like the knowledge that somebody may have, but. I don't think you guys realize, like, what this does to your body. So, like, for the love of God, please have somebody who knows what they're talking about do their, do your nutrition. I mean, you can even, for all I care, and what do I care? I don't know you're listening to this. But have somebody who's not a registered or, you know, certified, do your actual training for all I care. But when it comes to your nutrition, like, you guys, please, 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 you get your body to a point in prep where you have to get unhealthy 99% of the time with your nutritional intake. Like, you want somebody who knows what they're doing to be the one who is telling you what to be consuming. Like, if I had a heartache, I wouldn't go to somebody who, like, had read a couple books on hearts. Like, I wanted somebody, I want somebody who knows what they're talking about. So that's just what I'm going to say there. So I had known going into this that this could potentially be unhealthy. So I chose to go with Dylan, who is a registered dietitian as my coach. I never got extremely low when it comes to my macros. I got down to the lowest I was at was 170 protein, which is still really high, and it could have even been about 175, 150 carbs and 35 fats. So my fats were pretty low. But carb-wise, like, I know girls who did shows and their carbs got down to 20 grams a day, or they were gone completely. So in a sense, like, I didn't realize during prep that I was doing harm to my body. Okay, and I think that that's really important for everybody to realize because when you are in prep, you don't realize reality. It's kind of like, you know, when you're a a teenager and you try to reason with your parents and they tell you that you that you can't really see reality because your brain hasn't developed. Well, I think that when you're in prep, your brain, like, undevelops for a minute because you cannot conceptually realize, like, the real world around you you just are so consumed, you're like, no, you're wrong, like, this isn't true, like, I'm totally fine, and that's what happened to me, like, I didn't realize that I was developing a serious problem, and there are, there are people out there who have it way worse than I do, you know, I, am not saying that I'm over, that I was in starvation mode or anything, but what I was doing to my body has caused damage now where I am having a very, very hard time keeping any type of stable weight, losing any weight. You know, I'm not trying to be in this extreme deficit, but I am holding on to a lot more than I used to. My metabolism is pretty much shot. My hormones are all over the place. You know, I'm getting blood taken on Friday to try and figure out what's going on. Like, this is all something that never would have happened If I didn't compete so again take this with a grain of salt I'm not saying I wish I didn't compete but this is just something that people really need to be aware of because right now it's all glitz and glam and I need a new hobby I want to compete and like I kind of just want to slap you in the face if that's your logic because number one if you want to get skinny which I don't hear this from guys like you know this is like the girl the girl comments that I hear, is that they want to lose weight and, like, they've gained weight and so this is their solution. My solution is I'm going to do a bodybuilding show. I, I don't think, like, again, I don't think you understand. Like, okay, great, you know, you're, you'll lose some weight, but you are going to gain a lifetime of torture. Like, it, torture is the only way that I can explain what I'm going through right now. So if that's something... That you are willing to do so that you look better in a bikini, more power to you, but I but the, again, the reason that I am doing this entire podcast and that I've done the blog and that I will continue to do the post is that so people can realize the reality behind competing. okay, so I don't know what it was about this past couple of days where Since I competed in May, I've had these moments of of clarity where I've been like, you know what, I'm not in a good place. Like, I'm going to fix this. And I fix it for a couple days, and then I decide, "Uh, you know, like, I I need to track again. Like, I'm feeling fluffy. Tracking is my comfort. And that's what it is. Tracking has become my comfort because I don't know how to function without it. I feel like a drug addict... And tracking macros is my drug. And I'm not trying to offend anybody out here, you know, by using that analogy, but I'm trying to put it into perspective because I, I don't think that everybody understands, like, the severity that this obsession has over, like, in some people's lives. Like, it's not as easy as just deleting an app. You know, I, I've tried it. I can't tell you guys how many times I've deleted the app and then, gotten anxious and re-downloaded it within a couple of hours. So I just want that to be known that a lot of this is like truly past our control. Um, So I had gone through these moments where I thought, you know, I'm okay, I'm not okay. And then I just keep going back and forth to like yo-yoing, you know, between what I thought would help me and then back into my restrictive and obsessive habits, which then just led to binging and, it was a vicious cycle and it wasn't until recently where we had a barbecue at our house labor day and i was sitting there with everybody and a lot of a lot of my friend group almost everybody who was there we are all very into fitness and we are all very active so we all have a pretty healthy diet but at this, at this cookout, we had like a ton of like you know cookies and like really good food, and we're all just enjoying ourselves. And I was watching everybody eat cookies and eat like fine. And you know, for all I know, there are people who were there that were having internal struggles as well, but they overcame that at least in the physical sense, like because they because the because they wanted it. And I'm sitting there, like I kid you guys not that I felt like I was looking at some, my worst fear of snakes. And I was looking at that tray of cookies, and I thought that I was looking at a tray of snakes because I was scared. Like, I was genuinely scared because I wanted a cookie so badly. But in my head, all I could think was, all right, well, if you eat that cookie now, you know that later you're going to want your, your protein pancakes or whatever, because I, I'm, like, a late-night snacker. Like, I do like to have a lot of my food at night, and I think that's because I train, like, so, so early that that food then, like, carries over to fill my workout. Like, I don't know. Or I just like to eat at night. Like, whatever. But I'm sitting there, like, in my head telling myself, like, you know, like, if you do that, then you're not going to eat this. Or if you eat this, then you can still have your protein pancakes, but you're only going to be able to have – grams of chocolate chips instead of, you know, one and a half. And like crazy, crazy thinking, okay? Thinking that I had during prep, which was normal, okay? Again, something that I'm going to touch on is normal versus necessary, but this is all thinking that I had during prep, and I didn't think anything of it because that's what I needed. That's what was necessary, to be competitive, and to be strict with my diet. Because like I've mentioned before, when I was in prep, I did not cheat one time. And I don't say this to brag, but I was in prep for 24 weeks, and I did not break my macros once. I went over our protein by like 5 to 10 grams maybe during the last like two weeks. But other than that, I didn't stray anywhere from Five grams of carbs and fat. I would go under, if anything. So I think that my restriction was so so obsessive that that is why I am the way I am right now. But I remember after everybody left, I texted some friends and I was like, you know, I'm so proud of myself. Like I didn't have a cookie, and blah blah blah. I was able to like control myself, whatever. And they're like, oh, that's great. Like isn't that a great feeling? I was like, yeah. So then I wake up the next day, and I'm thinking, okay, but Megan, like, you wanted the cookie. Like, why didn't you just let yourself have it? Like, you know that eating that cookie is not going to kill you. I mean, guys, like, I was in college, and I, was a, I wasn't, I like, a heavy, heavy partier, but I was, I enjoyed myself. And I would smash entire pizzas on top of nights of drinking. So, like calories that I had during the day, because when I knew that I was going to drink at night, like I still ate like I normally would have. And then I probably would have eaten like a bigger dinner because I wanted to like soak up the alcohol and then all the calories from drinking. Then I would smash an entire pizza and I wouldn't wake up and I was alive and I, I didn't gain a hundred pounds. Was I bloated? Sure. But did I let that define my entire view of my self-worth? Absolutely not. So why is it now that I think that eating one cookie or even eating a plate of cookies is going to change anything? I, I don't know. I wish I knew. And so I came to this realization where I realized I need, I need help. And this isn't help that I can get from friends. This isn't help that I can get from myself. Like I need to speak to a professional. And so the, the frustrating part for me and my roommate gave a really good analogy um, and i'll try to like change the way that he worded it but it, but essentially, we as competitors, because I'm assuming that people who listen to this are going to be able to relate somehow. we as competitors, we know how to eat like normal people we know the foods that are deemed healthy and unhealthy by society. We know what our body can handle. We know that eating, you know, excess fat and carbs is not going to kill us or ruin, you know, months of hard work. In fact, if anything, we put our bodies through so much during the day that we can probably handle those foods better than the average person. Yet we somehow and for some reason let them consume our thoughts how how did we get to where we are? Like I don't understand how all of this happened. So I woke up and I just realized I need help. And I'm in counts or I'm in grad school right now for clinical mental health counseling. Okay, so if anybody out of like my friend group right now, a lot of my, a lot of the girls in my friend group, we are all post show and a lot of us are struggling with similar similar areas, whether it be body image eating disorders, like, you know, gym obsession, whatever it is, we're all struggling. And so if anybody should be able to be, like, the voice of reason, it should be me because I understand the psychology behind a lot of this. And I understand the mental processing and the cognitive thoughts. And, like, I'm sitting here, like, to kind of, like, explain, put this into, like, perspective for you guys. Before a binge... I will sit there and I and I and I can like acknowledge, like literally I can be like, okay, like I'm I'm about to binge, like I can feel it happening. And I like write down that I'm like, okay, Megan, now you need to identify different things that you can do to you know, to replace this behavior. Go on a walk, you know, go to the gym, go listen to some music, call a friend. And so, you know, I'm like identifying these replacement behaviors, which is something that in therapy I'm sure are gonna tell me to do is to find replacement behaviors. And then I'm sitting there trying to identify the cause. Okay, what am I thinking right now that's making me want to bitch? What, what just happened? What external factors? What environmental factors? How am I feeling? I know what I need to do to fix myself, but I can't. And so what my roommate was saying is that he know watching from an outsider's perspective, he's watching us, this group of girls who are struggling, And he sees these girls who we know how to eat. We know how to function like a normal, healthy person. But for some reason, we can't, and that's what frustrates us. Not necessarily the fact that we can't, but because we know what we should be doing and how illogical our thinking is. But for some reason, we cannot just make that click, okay? So I called my dad, and in the past... He, I I think a lot of competitors could probably agree, especially females, um, that prep is like a very, very hard lifestyle, not just for the competitors, but for family and friends. Because you do, it's a very selfish sport. You isolate yourself. You lash out on loved ones. Like, I, I, I feel terrible for those who are in my life. I mean, it did, I did lose a lot of friendships during that time that I'm okay with the fact that I lost, and it probably is for the best that they're no longer intact anyway, Um, but I did put my family and friends through a lot um, because I was not a pleasant person during prep, and, you know, so opening up to my dad about a lot of this is hard because I don't think, he's a very black and white person, and to him, it's, you know, delete the app, stop thinking in numbers, you know, it's not that hard, like, stop doing it, and it's not like that. So, I, I told him, I said, Dad, I need help, okay? I need to go to therapy. Like, this is past the point of control in my, in my hands. And he understood. And, and I told him, I said, Dad, I think that, you know, as competitors, you know, when your show ends and you're going through all these, you know, really, really terrible body image days and binge eating and restricting and obsession and blah, 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 you justify it in your head because this is what so many people go through post-show it almost becomes a part of post-show, like it's to be expected. Like, okay, I got off stage and I ate my donuts and I got a cute picture for Instagram with all these pastries and I'll have my can and I'm going to go eat my kazuki, and then I'm going to struggle for a while. And that's okay because everybody's struggling and, you know, it's okay to, like, hate our bodies for a while. And it's okay to binge a little bit because we just, you know, did this prep and whatever that's where the problem is and like this is that's when I finally like removed myself and was able to like verbalize that it's not normal like I don't care if a million people are doing it that does not make it normal and that's exactly what my dad said is he said Megan you're trying to normalize something that just because it is normal within the fitness community it is not a normal behavior and so I think until anybody can come to that point, they're not going to be able to accept help. And that brings me to, like, my, my overall views of bodybuilding as a whole. Because I don't want anybody to think, because there are probably people who are going to listen to this who are currently in prep, and I don't want you all to call your coaches immediately And be like, yo, I'm out. Like, I'm done. I'm not doing this. I see that Wally Meg is a total, like, nut job right now. I don't want this for myself. Because this does not happen to everybody. But it happens to a lot more people than you realize. But not everybody is wanting to talk about it. And that makes me really, really angry. Because I think people will warn you, like, hey, be careful, your hormones might get messed up, but that's it. And so, I, you know, I, I am raw and very, like, open about what I'm going through because I want people to realize, like, oh, okay, these struggles might last a little longer than a couple of weeks. Like, I've been post-show since about 9.30 April 1st. And it's, what, September 12th? And I, you know, if anything, I feel like I've gotten worse. So I just want people to realize, like, you know, I'm here to talk to, number one, because you're not alone, because this is a very, very lonely place to be in, because eating disorders and body image are not taken seriously. But it's actually pretty interesting. So fun fact for you all, I was... In one of my my grad school classes, we had to pick a disorder, an eating disorder to talk about. And so naturally, I picked binge eating because I can identify with it. And so I'm sharing my story. And my professor privately emailed me and was like, you know, thank you for being vulnerable, blah, 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 blah. I want you to know that binge eating is the number one cause of death in the eating disorder field. Not anorexia, not bulimia, eating disorders. So why is it that nobody takes it seriously? I have a copy of the DSM in my hands as we speak. Binge eating disorder and body dysmorphia are both in there. Like these are not made, make-believe, you know, things that we, that we give ourselves because we want pity and we want, you know, I wouldn't wish this on anybody. I would not wish any of this on anybody. If I could go back in time, Looking at where I am now, if I was able to see the impact that this would have on my mental and my physical health, and if I was to have somebody say, Megan, do you want me to start teaching you about macros so that you can do a bodybuilding show, I would say no. I would take a longer route at becoming healthy, and I would not compete. Now, to bring this full circle, views on bodybuilding and will I compete again, Down the road, I would love to step on stage in figure because I don't think that I gave competing my whole heart. I gave prep my whole heart, um, but I don't think I gave the whole experience my whole heart because I never felt comfortable in bikini, and I know that in figure, I would do much better, but... I think the problem when it comes to these open-ended questions of, will you do this again, is that you, you, like, set expectations. Um, And so, in your head then, even when you think that you're not in prep, you're, like, subconsciously prepping for another prep, if that makes sense. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to live my life right now thinking, well, Megan, you may do a figure show down the road, so you may want to reevaluate, you know, how you're eating, how you're training, whatever. I don't want that. And I refuse to even consider the idea of competing again until my mental health and my relationship with food and my relationship with my body is 1,000% better. Not to mention, like, I don't know what this blood work is going to say. And I don't know if physically I'm going to be in a place where I can compete again. Um, And that's scary because that doesn't just mean I can't compete again. That means that there's some serious health issues that I need to be looking at. Um, But I want everybody to realize that, like, I respect the sport. And I think that it takes a very, very special person, not necessarily special, a very determined person. Um, One of the most, you know, valuable things I took away from this was that I gave my prep everything I have never been more dedicated to a process and more strong-willed and more disciplined than I was during prep and when I stepped on stage I was prouder during that moment than I was when I got my college diploma because I kind of half-assed college and I didn't half-ass this so it teaches you a lot about yourself it really really does but I want to make sure that when you sign up for a competition prep that you truly, truly understand the, the potential consequences of it. Because I, I never had food issues as far as food relationships. Um, there were things about my body that I was unhappy with, of course, um, but I didn't let it determine my mood. Um, I didn't walk past a mirror and lift up my shirt 17, 30 times a day, because I was looking for a new, a new vein, or thinking, well, I didn't have abs this morning, but, you know, I've got my two gallons, and I'm sure I'll feel bloated, but maybe I'll look a little tighter, and, you know, I didn't have those thoughts. You know, I I didn't walk into a grocery store starving, but, not being able to eat anything because the fat content was too high and I couldn't find anything that was going to be filling yet nutritionally, you know, adherent to my macro. Even right now that I'm not tracking, I still am subconsciously tracking. And I'm trying really hard to break that. And I know that this is going to take a really long time. But I just feel like it's kind of like my duty um, to be honest about all of this because I I still like don't believe I have a platform. Um, I mean, people say I have a platform, so I'll roll with it. I mean, like 10,000 followers is really nothing in the grand scheme of like the social media, you know, fitness world. Um, but, you know, for the one follower I have or the 10,000 followers I have, I want every one of them to at least know that when they're viewing my page that they are getting an honest look at every aspect of, you know, my life, my experience with PrEP, my experience with my faith, my, you know, my opinions on certain foods. Like, I I just want to be honest with you guys. And I think that as competitors, knowing the health implications that it could have, physical and mental, we owe it to our our crowd, you know, our following. To be honest, and so I hope that this sheds a little bit of light on where I'm coming from in my posts as of recently, um, because I know um, a lot of people have kind of been like, "Well, you know, like you, you're bashing, competing, blah, 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 blah," and that's not necessarily the case. I am more so wanting people to realize its implications and realize that this isn't something that you should do for fun, okay? Like I said in my last Instagram post, if you guys are looking for a hobby, like let's go to Hobby Lobby and I'll take you to the craft aisle, okay? I can find a million and one other things that would be better hobbies than something that could potentially cause lifelong harm. So I'm sorry that this was like a little bit of a like, all over the place, ramble, rant, like, I I wanted to go into podcasts with, like, written down, like, bullet points, and this was kind of, like, I'm driving in the car right now, like, ranting like a crazy person, and people driving past me probably think that I'm completely out of my mind, um, but it was really important to me to kind of hit this from all points. So I did the blog, like, I did the Instagram caption, like, now a podcast, and I think I'm gonna go like update my MySpace status with it now, and just like you know, write it and talk on my apartment you know complex. But um, if anybody has any questions about my experience with prep, um, or you know like is looking for a coach recommendation, like I still would recommend my coach to anybody. He's amazing. Um, message me, email me, um, Instagram Wally Meg, and my email and everything's there. Or if you are experiencing something like this. Like, talk to me because, like I said, like, I know how lonely it feels because you kind of feel like a dumbass when you, you know, your friends are like, hey, what's up? Are you okay? You know, it's kind of strange to reply and be like, oh, yeah, just stressed out over cookies, you know? Like, if you're not in the fitness community or or understand, like, the the severity of eating disorders and, like, food fear, essentially, you don't realize like that this kind of stuff is real you know and so i i know that it's lonely and i know that sometimes you just need not even advice but you need to express your feelings and know that like somebody else is acknowledging that they are real and i i'll be that person you know like even if you just want to vent and you be like dude i i get it like this sucks but we're going to get there um so that's that. Um, thank you guys for listening to this. Um, hopefully, next episode, episode four, should be with Bree. Like cats out of the bag, that that's who it's with. But I think, like I said, um, everybody knew that it would be Bree and I because I think Faith plays a huge role in our friendship, in the development of our friendship, you know, as well as fitness. And so I wanted her to kind of be the starting point at all of all this, but. Um, I will hopefully get that up sometime this week. And I really, really appreciate all of the feedback that I've gotten from you guys. Starting a podcast is kind of intimidating because you don't, like, at least, I don't know, there may be a feature where I can track, like, how many views I'm getting. I don't know. Like I said, it took me, like, two weeks to even get this thing going. So I'm not the most tech savvy in this aspect. But, like, I really appreciate that you guys take your time, like, when you could be listening to literally anybody else or any other music, but you're choosing to listen to me, um, I appreciate that. So like I said, message me if you have any you know, questions or comments or just want to talk. Um, anything that you want me to hit in my next podcast, let me know. Um, but I look forward to getting this next one on the air, and I hope you all are having a wonderful day.